This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and good evening. Welcome to the show. Last week, I introduced you to Luigi Basco. Let's find out what he's writing to his mama in Italy tonight. We invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a new comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carol Nash, with Alan Reed as Pasquale. A year ago, when Luigi Pasco left Italy to start his new life in America, he promised his mother that he would write and tell her about his adventures. So now let's read Luigi's letter as he writes to Mama Basco in Italy. Dear Mamma Mia, America is a great country where everybody's a very nice and friendly. And right now, Mamma Mia, in America is what they call income tax season. <laughs> this is the time when everybody is busy figuring how much money they got to send to the government and how much they're going to live on and what they got to left. <laughs> Me, I'm going to try to be extra good American. I'm going to wait for March 15. Last of January 1st, I make out my income tax and I send it right in. I'm got empty pockets of three months before everybody else. <laughs> but I'm got the good reason for sending my money in so fast to Mamma Mia. I'm a no wanna be guilty of what they call withholding a tax. <laughs> Mama, by the time you receive this letter, is it gonna be time for your birthday? Happy birthday, Mamma Mia. I'm only wish I can send you silver candlesticks. I promise you I send it when I come to America. But is it going to have to wait for a little while? Anyway, in the clothes, you're going to find the birthday card, which I'm buying a store especially for you. They don't have the kind of card I want. But do you know, with us, the feeling is a count more than anything else. So don't look where it's to say, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Anyway, I'm still going to try to get something nice for you. Right now, I'm leaving my antique shop for my night school class. Hello, Mr. Basco. Got a registered letter for you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Melman. Oh, uh, Mr. Basco, you got any new stamps from Italy for my kid? No, but when I get some more, I save it for you. Hey, this letter must be advertisement for new mamas. It's a, say, maternal revenue department. <laughs> You better take a good look at it. It's from the Internal Revenue Department. Well, so long. Internal Revenue. Dear Mr. Basco, an Internal Revenue agent will call to see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. in reference to your 1948 tax return. Mamma mia, what can they want from me? I go right now and ask my night school teacher, Miss Spaulding. All right, all right, class, class, please, please, let's come to attention. I'll call the roll. Mr. Basco? Uh, present. Mr. Horowitz? Present. Mr. Olson? Present. Mr. Schultz? Mr. Schultz, you're here. Aren't you going to say anything? What is there to say? I'm here, and that's all. <laughs> Please, Mr. Schultz. Now, class, our lesson for today is on government. 
Now, who can tell me the three main branches of our government? I can see, John. Good. What are they? Main branch, uptown and downtown. <laughs> no, Mr. Schultz. No, that's completely wrong. That's not even anywhere All near... All right. Don't rub it in. <laughs> Will someone else volunteer to answer that question? The three main branches of the government. Now, if you recall, I gave you a simple formula for remembering it. Think of Washington and three branches on one tree. I'm exploring. I try. Fine. Well, uh, is it the, the legislative, the, uh, the executive, uh, the executive, uh, executive... Luigi, get off that branch before you break the tree! <laughs> Please, Legislative and executive is correct, Mr. Basco. Now, I'll give you a hint. The third department has to do with court. Oh, yes, I'm a remember. A legislative, an executive, and a judicial. Perfect, Mr. Basco. For that, you get a good mark. Never mind the good mark. Give Luigi a refrigerator. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, please. Oh, yes, Mr. Olson? Uh, your, uh, the legislative department is to make the laws. The executive... The department is to carry out the laws. The judicial department is to try the laws in court. That's very good, Mr. Olson. Oh, I stay up real late last night, Miss Balding, and I study real hard. And that's why I always answer the questions right. What a show-off. I hate a man but knows everything. Miss <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Balding. Yes, Mr. Basco? I'm going to like to ask you something. A little while ago... I'm a receiver this letter from Internal Revenue Department. Ooh, Internal Revenue Department, Luigi. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. Why didn't you pay your income tax? But I should say I'm pay my tax in January. That's uh, two months ahead of the time. Ooh, that's even worse, Luigi. They suspect you if you're too anxious. <laughs> the California Limited leaves at four o'clock. Jump on it. Get away. Go out of town. Get out. Mr. Schultz, please. Please, Mr. Schultz. <laughs> really, Mr. Schultz, really. They do not suspect you, Mr. Basco. The government is very grateful to anyone who sends his tax money in before the big rush. Then why the government is sending a special man to see me tomorrow? Luigi, maybe they, they want to thank you for being an early bird. Then why don't they send me a letter of thanks? So why are they sending a man? I tell you why, Luigi. Because they can't fit handcuffs into an envelope. <laughs> Luigi, Luigi, wait for me, wait for me. Ooh. Oh, my rheumatism. Oh, listen to me. I couldn't get $30 for myself on a used car lot. <laughs> Schultz, income tax man is a come tomorrow at 4 o'clock. You think he's going to make a trouble? Oh, smile, Luigi, smile. <laughs> Maybe you just made it a little mistake and nothing is going to happen. You know what happened when I first came to America? I sent in my first income tax without anything written on it. Why? Because on the top it said, returns his income tax blank. Luigi, <laughs> I'm trying to make you laugh. Schultz, is it going to be some birthday present for my mama if she finds out I'm in trouble with the government? Don't worry, Luigi. Smile. What can they do to you? Can they take away your money? Can they take away your clothes? Can they take away your business? Schultz, can they? Tomorrow night, you know. If you ain't got it, they took it away. <laughs> Luigi, my friend. Hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hello, Pasquale. What's the matter, Luigi? You walking around like a chicken with its tail between its legs. <laughs> Pasquale is a long story. 
You see, I'm going to get a letter from Income Tax Department that it says a man is coming to antique shop tomorrow. So I'm taking tonight to school for help. Miss Spaulding says there's nothing to worry about. But Olsen says maybe trouble, and the shoots is making it sound even worse. Oh, she'll go to everybody, but your friend is bringing you from the other country, Pasquale. Luigi, why are you always running around every place for information when you could have come right here to get the dope? <laughs> You're so right, Pasquale. <laughs> Is there nobody a bigger dope than you? <laughs> That's a funny thing. When I'm saying it, it's come out a different. <laughs> Luigi, you always are going to have a trouble with a taxi department because you ain't got a, what they call a dependent. Dependent? What's that? A dependent? That's just something a fella is married, so he should pay less to taxes. Oh, now, I'm going to show you I'm your best friend, Luigi. I'm going to give you one of my dependents a free of charge. <laughs> you will, Pasquale? Sure, I'm going to give you a wife. But, Pasquale, you already married to her. Not my wife. My daughter Rosa. What do you say, Luigi? No, Pasquale. Rosa is a two factor for me. <laughs> Oh, what if my little girl is away 250 pounds? If you marry an ordinary girl, you've got a one dependent. If you marry my Rosa, right away you've got a two dependent. <laughs> Pasquale, please, don't talk about Rosa. Just to tell me, why is income tax men coming to see me? Why is they coming to see anybody? To get them more money. Tell me, my big business man, how much money you send it to the government in January? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Well, there's your trouble. You violating a very big law, the uh, E Pluribus Unum law. <laughs> that's, that's what they call it. E Pluribus Unum? Sure. For men is the E Pluribus Unum, for ladies is the She Pluribus Unum. <laughs> but Pasquale, if this is American law, why is it written in a foreign language? Because it's especially for foreigners. They got to pay an extra hundred dollars. Hundred dollars? Mamma mia, Pasquale, when was this law passed? Uh, just a half hour ago. <laughs> Didn't you hear it on your radio? No. No wonder you ain't got FM. FM? Sure, FM. That's the meaning they broadcast about a hour of the money. <laughs> your radio, your radio is AM. That's the meaning they broadcast only about American money. But, Pasquale, what am I going to do? I'm not got a hundred dollars to pay this Unum tax. Well, I'm not such a bad fella. You know, Pasquale's got a big heart, always taking care of people he's alike. Luigi, I'm ready to give you a hundred dollars to keep you out of Alcatraz. All you got to do is marry Rosa. What do you say, my son? Pasquale, where's Alcatraz? All right, go ahead. Be stubborn. You ain't got no credit in the bank. Where are you going to get the $100? Pasquale, I go to a loan company. I see advertisement in all the papers that say, we lend you money. All you need is co-signer. Well, I'm going to get a Schultz, and he's going to sign it for my co. <laughs> go ahead. Get a Schultz. See what I... Uh, eh, loan company, eh? Uh-huh. Luigi's in a hard feeling between us, what do you want a Schultz for? I'm your best friend. I sign it for you, Cole. Pasquale, you do this for me? Sure, I know a fine loaner company. The Happy Finance Company on a Dearborn Street. 800 a block. Oh. Now, you go down the first thing in the morning. I'm going to take care of everything for you right now. Go ahead, my little man. Take a walk. Stop the worrying. Oh, thank you, go, Pasquale. Go. You're a real friend. Sure. Goodbye. Go, go. Goodbye. <laughs> Ah, bro, figaro, bravo, bravissimo. Ah, bro, figaro, bravo, bravissimo. Fortunatissimo, fortunatissimo. Hello? Happy Finance Company? Fella by name of Luigi Basco is coming in tomorrow for a loan. I'm his co-signer, so give him all of the money he's asking for. A hundred, a thousand, even a million dollars. I'm a good for it. Oh, pardon me, I gotta hang up for now. My keepers are coming for me. What's my name? Pasquale. But around here, everybody's calling me Snake Pit. 
Life with Luigi continues in just a moment. But first, every once in a while, you hear an announcer making the fact that 99 million people listen to CBS every week. So let's add another fact on there to the effect that most of them are crazy about a certain blonde. Along with Jack Benny, Lux Theater, and Arthur Godfrey, this blonde's always one of the most popular in radio, and she does it by thoroughly confusing everyone. All the way from the income tax experts and insurance salesmen to her boyfriend and best girlfriend. If you haven't met my friend Irma, the blonde in question, wangle an introduction over most of these same stations tomorrow night. There's never a dull moment, never a lull in the laughter when my friend Irma tries to let an idea enter her pretty blonde head. And now for the second act of Luigi Basco's Adventures in Chicago, we turn to page two of his letter to his mother in Italy. And so, Mamma Mia, although in a come a taxi man is a come this afternoon to see me, I'm not so worried because I'm going to loan a company to borrow $100. Everything is a depend on this loan. So I'm fixing myself up to look like a real rich man. I'm going to wear for the first time what you gave me when I left the home the blue earmuffs and the red tablecloth. <laughs> Tablecloth is going to make a fine muffler. Also, I'm going to get a haircut. Cost me 20 cents. And I bite my fingernails all nice and even. <laughs> also, Barbara is selling me special perfume. It's expensive. Cost me 10 cents, a half a milk bottle. <laughs> but Mamma Mia, believe me when I say, with my haircut, a shave, my nails and my smell, nobody we ever bury look so good. <laughs> Excuse me, please. This is the Happy Finance Company, no? That's right. Well, I'm coming to make a loan from you. My name is Luigi Basco. I... Basco? Say, were you recommended by your friend, Mr. Pasquale? That's right. I'm gonna get out of sight. I think I was a pushed. Please, mister. Maybe you heard the wrong. I was talking about a fellow who's a guarantee this loan for you. What did you say his name was? Pasquale. This is the time I'm sure he's a pushing me. <laughs> I'm a think Pasquale is not helping me. He's a throw a monkey into my wrench. <laughs> Mamma mia. That was my last chance to get $100 for a heap pluribus unimum tax. So what am I going to do now? I know. I'm going to go right down to the income tax department. I'm going to wait for them to come and get to me. I'm going to give myself up. <laughs> Mamma mia, what a big building. On the top, as you say, treasury depth. Such a big building just for that. Must be everybody is in a debt to the treasury. <laughs> well, Luigi, you always was a good citizen. Take your courage in your hand. Go inside. Explain everything to them. I'm supposed to pay $100. I'm going to pay only $10. Is $90 a short? Mamma mia, look at how all those girls are working and the people all are rushing around. They must have been turning the whole place upside down and looking for my $90. <laughs> Pardon, mister, please, sir. Yes? I'm Luigi Basco. I give up. What? There's no use to look for the money you want to find it. Well, why not? I'm going to never send it. What are you talking about? Please, Mr. Taxman. Take a look at this fine overcoat. It's got a real beaver collar with a pearl of buttons. Tell me, how much you think is worth? Mm, well, uh, I'd say about $90. $90? Take it, we're even up. What? Go by here and God bless you. Hey, 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 wait, come back here, mister. I don't want this cold. I, I huh? think you're all mixed up. Uh, just who are you looking for? In a come a tax man. 
Is it no you? Oh, no. Hey, just go to room 202, right over there. Oh, thank you. Yes? Can I help you? Look, Mr. Taxman. I'm have a lot of trouble with my taxes. <laughs> well, everybody does. I'll try to help you. Did you make out a long form or short form? I'm a no remember. was about a ten inches long and a six inches away. <laughs> No, no. When you filled out your form, do you remember? Was it a 1040? I'm not sure, but I think it was a closer to 12 o'clock. <laughs> huh? Well, never mind that. Did you use a tax table? Tax table? No, I'm going to use a plane of kitchen table. <laughs> Look, mister, let's use this form as an example. Did you fill out something like this? Yes, that's right. Okay. Now, are you a worker or are you in business? Well, I'm a worker, but it's not so much a business. Well, that's not... Let's take item two. All right. Income. Just how much did you say you took in? $800. What? You're in business and you made $800 all year? Did you tell the truth? To tell the truth, I didn't tell the truth. Well, if $800 isn't what you took in, how much did you take in? I'm only taking in $400, but I'm ashamed to put down so little. <laughs> Sounds very good. But I warn you, the department checks on everything. I don't know why people have trouble figuring out their tax. It's all down in black and white. Uh -huh. Here, I'll read it. All right. If your income was less than $5,000, you may find your tax in the tax table and paid for. This table, which is provided by law, automatically allows you about 10% of your total income for contributions, interest, taxes, casualty losses, medical expenses, and miscellaneous. But if your expenditures and losses of these classes amount to more than 10%, it will be advantageous to itemize them and compute your tax on page 3. Do you understand that? <laughs> Please, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask one question. What? Do you understand that? <laughs> Let's read it again. All right. If your income was less than... Wait a minute. Exactly what did you come here for? Well, I'm going to receive this letter. No, I say. Hey, mister. You better go right home. An internal revenue agent is coming to talk to you in about a half hour. I know that. That's why I'm a come to see you about it. Please. I'm always a try to be good a citizen. What the government will do to a man who's who's no pay his taxes. <laughs> Mamma mia. Mamma mia, what the kind of punishment is this? <laughs> Luigi, my friend. Hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. What's the matter? You didn't get your loan? I'm not can understand why. He's a worse than that, Pasquale. I'm going to go to income tax department. And a manager mixing me up with a shorter form, a longer form, a 10.40 o'clock, and I'm a telling the kitchen the table. He's a set foot on a tax table. We got an argument. I don't know what do you think he say. What? What's <laughs> <laughs> the matter for you? You swallow a nanny goat? <laughs> I'm in the most terrible trouble of my life. I think I'm a disgrace to everybody. American government. Because I'm not going to pay my tax. And my mamma mia, because I'm not going to send her a birthday present. Pasquale, everything is useless. And I'm not even got the one friend. Luigi, don't talk so fast. You've got a me, and I'm the most useless friend you got. <laughs> Stop worrying. I'm going to pay you tax. I'm sending you mamma a nice birthday present. Pasquale, you going to do all of this for me? Sure, pack up your troubles in your old bag and a smile. <laughs> for anybody who's my son-in-law, I'm all the money bags, Pasquale. The money's going to flow like a wine. And the what's for somebody who's not your son-in-law? Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> well, what's going to be your pleasure? Disgrace or Mary Rosa? Remember, revenue man is going to be here in a minute. All right, the Pasquale. Ah, you make me so happy, Luigi. You're a real fine Italian boy. You ask the father's permission before you run away with a girl. <laughs> now I call it a happy bride. Rosa! 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 <laughs> 
Luigi. Come here, my little pigeon. Say hello to Luigi. Hello, Rosa. <laughs> well, Luigi, you ready to fly away with a Rosa? Pasquale, how am I going to get her off of the ground? He's <laughs> so funny, Papa. Oh, Rosa, you talk too much. <laughs> well, now we make a plan for the honeymoon. I'm Mr. Wallace from the Treasury Department. I'm looking for Mr. Basco. Is he here? That's me. He's all right, Mr. Treasury Department. I'm going to take care of everything. Luigi, you and Rosa, go in the kitchen and bake a cake. I'm going to pay for everything. Hey, just a minute, Mr. Basco. I'd like to talk to you. You know, ordinarily, when there's a tax discrepancy, we send out a letter. But inasmuch as this was your first return, we have been authorized to contact you personally. I know. I'm going to pay my hip pluribusy on my tax. Luigi, go bake. What? Mr. Basco, there's no such thing as an e, e pluribus unum tax. What? The a revenue man is a right, Luigi. A half hour ago, this tax was a repeal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pasquale, where do you find this out? On an AM or an FM? Television. <laughs> now go, Luigi. You and Rosa, go bake a cake. Just go, a go. minute, please. I'd like to finish my business here. Mr. Basco, you don't owe the government any money. We owe you money. Here's a check for ten dollars you overpaid. I'ma get the money back. <laughs> Imagine a Luigi's overpays the tax. That's a stupid thing. But he's a good-hearted little fool. And you know something? If I Pasquale was to get the money back from the government, I'ma like this little fella so much I'll be giving him every penny. Oh, are you Pasquale of Pasquale Spaghetti Palace? See? Well, I just about. I'm just about to contact you. Say, who makes out your income tax? You overpaid your income tax, too. I've got a check for you for $40. What? Pasquale. Uh, look, I'm... Mr. Pasquale, I'm taking you at your word. Here you are, Mr. Basco. Mr. Pasquale's check. Thank you. Hey, Luigi, where you going? Come back, my son. Goodbye, pluribusion. <laughs> And so, Mamma Mia, everything has come out of fine within a come tax department. I'm still got the papa's overcoat. And the best of all, for your birthday, I'm sending you a the package with a pair of a silver candlesticks. Do you like them, Mamma Mia, huh? You see, I'm keeping my promise. Mamma Mia, if you see a couple of tears on this page, don't think it's me crying. It was a Pasquale when he's a pay for the candlestick. <laughs> well, the Mamma Mia, happy birthday. You can't hear me singing while I'm writing this, but I'm a singer just the same. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mama. Excuse me while I turn the page. Mia. Happy birthday to you. Your loving son, Luigi, the little immigrant. Be sure to listen next week at the same time over most of these stations when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his Mama Basco describing his adventures in America. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production and is written by Mac Benoff and Lou Derman and stars J. Carol Nash as Luigi Basco with Alan Reed as Pasquale. Music is under the direction of Lynn Murray. One of your favorite quiz games, Winner Take All, brings you fast and furious fun every weekday on most of these same CBS stations. Winner Take All, 
lives up to its name by letting a contestant stay on so long as he's smarter and faster than each new opponent who faces him. Enjoy a lively session with winner-take-all tomorrow and pit your wits against the current champion. But now, stay tuned for a different kind of quiz. Throw your IQs in the wastebasket and listen to It Pays to be Ignorant, which follows immediately over most of the CBS stations. Bob Stevenson speaking with the CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Stay tuned for Screen Guild Theater next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Zoomer Radio and Theater of the Mind. Now we present the Screen Guild Theater and the episode, Can We Forget? Welcome, everybody. Tonight, your neighborhood good golf dealer joins the golf companies in presenting the third in a new series of programs. Reviews, musical comedies, and dramatic shows, all the varied entertainment forms of Hollywood. So welcome all of you to the Motion Picture Star's own program, The Golf Screen Guild Show. With Betty Davis, Robert Montgomery, Basil Rathbone, Louise Beaver, Oscar Bradley, and Hollywood's favorite master of ceremonies, George Murphy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third Screen Guild show, Hollywood's own program, written, directed, and acted by the greatest names in the motion picture industry, for the benefit of the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Each week, we present a different type show with a different cast of stars. Last week, a musical comedy. Next week, a review starring Mary Boland, Marlena Dietrich, Frank Morgan, and Cliff Nazaro. Tonight... The drama, Can We Forget, directed by Frank Capra and written by Mary McCall Jr., under the musical direction of Oscar Bradley. You are invited to a gay party at an exclusive hotel on Park Avenue, where the most photographed, the most discussed, the most envied debutante of the season, Hilda Rutherford, played by Betty Davis is having her coming out party. Among her many admirers in the stag line is a young man named Alan Barker, played by Robert Montgomery. Dancing with Hill at the moment is Paul Ferguson, enacted by Basil Rathbun. Lights. Music. Curtain. Now, if the stag line doesn't discover this alcove for a minute, perhaps I'll be allowed a few steps with you. Oh, it's a lovely party, Hilda. Do you think so, really, Paul? Well, don't you? Oh, it's wonderful to me. I love the whole silly business. Being rushed, being stared at. Makes up for all the black times of childhood. Like the years I had to wear bands on my Oh, you never did. (laughs) I did so, and I (laughs) lift. You know, Paul, I didn't think you'd come tonight. Whatever put that into your head? Oh, I was afraid you were above Deb parties. Aren't you always merging companies and sitting on board? Oh, sounds like a very uncomfortable position. Perhaps that's why I was afraid you wouldn't ask me. Not ask you? Oh. Well, a man of 35 must appear to you to be on the very brink of his dotage. May I cut in, please? Oh, uh, I'll allow it only if I may have the supper dance with you, Hilda. It's a bargain. Don't forget. I won't. Oh, but you will, though. I will what? Forget whatever it is. You'll only remember me. I don't remember meeting you. You haven't. We dance well, don't we? Well, if I've never met you, I couldn't have asked you to my party. That's right. You weren't asked. No, I weren't asked. You crashed my party. Yes, but I did it so neatly. More like an incision than a crash. You know, uh, you're not as pretty as your pictures. Mister, whatever your name is, but I But you're don't... much livelier. Makes you shine, kind of. Get your coat, Hilda. Get my coat? What on earth are you talking about? About getting your coat. We can't talk here. This place is full of people. Yes, it's full of people. Full of my guests, my invited guests. And if you think I'm going to leave here with you, you're out of your mind. I never heard such a noise! No, of course not. She's unique. 
she always do that? Yeah, mostly. I call her the Blue Arrow. I bought her on time, my freshman year in college, for $23. <laughs> What's that, a radio? Certainly it's a radio. But no brakes. No. No, I drag one foot on the hills. <laughs> Hilda, tell me what you like. What do you mean, tell me? Now, don't start that again. I want to know what you like. Food, books, anything. Well, well I like cream cheese and fur bedroom slippers, the smell of heliotrope, horses, Flagstaff's voice, Helen Hayes. What on earth am I doing this for? Because I asked you to. Now, I'll tell you what I like. I like the west front of the Parthenon. Oh, by the way, I'm an architect. Just out of the shell, but boy, am I talented. You know, you must try to get over that inferiority complex. It doesn't do to be too much. Don't interrupt. And I like English shoes and eggs Benedict and uh, kissing a girl in the cold and the Mohawk Valley in May and... Oh, Hilda, you're a swell girl. Will you marry me, Hilda? What's your name? Alan Baker. What's that got to do with it? Alan Baker. I think you're the freshest, rudest, most conceited puppy I have ever met. And I wouldn't marry you if you were the last man in the world. And whom God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. This carriage will never take the place of your automobile, darling. Does the horse also park? Well, he's an English horse. I say, old fellow, uh, cease walking. <laughs> now, desist. Relax. <laughs> halt. Why don't you just say, whoa? <laughs> <laughs> you make everything so simple, dear. <laughs> you happy, Hilda? Oh, yes, Alan, I'm so happy I could purr. Well, go ahead. It's a mighty poor purr. <laughs> How about a little music? Crazy, not to like that funny little phonograph all over the music. Sure, you know the old saying. She shall have music wherever she goes. You were playing that song when you first spoke to me, darling. Uh-huh. That's why I like it. Hilda, if I say something, don't laugh at me, will you? No, I'll never laugh at you when you're serious. Well, all that, that dizzy business the night we met, dragging you out of your party... That was because I was scared. Scared? Sure. If I'd had someone introduce me, I'd have been just another guy. I had to shock you, make you laugh, make you mad. Because I had to have you. But, darling, you'd never seen me before. No, no, I crashed your party to see the girl who was in all the papers. There I found you, darling. Hilda, no matter how gay you are, or sad, or anything, you make me feel you're only using part of it. There's so much more to you. I knew that night that I couldn't let anyone but me... Hilda, always love me. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll always love you, Alan. Even when we're both old, my heart will still jump when I see you. You said that night I had a kind of... Well, that I saw it shown. That's only when I'm with you. That's only because of you. Yes, um... When you take off the soup plates, you leave the place plates. Just leave them set? Yes, that's right. Um. Then you exchange them one by one for the hot dinner plates. Miss Baker, why don't you all just have a lap supper? <laughs> well, Camille, because Mr. Baker is bringing home a client. Yes, um, but a lap supper don't take so much swapping. <laughs> I was only hired out to you for cleaning, Miss Baker, for waiting... You should have had my cousin Octavia. <laughs> you can do it, Camille, if you only just try. Now, once again, the place plate. Oh, dear, see who is. Yes, sir. Only if it's the ice cream, it'll be all too much by the time. Yes, sir. Mrs. Baker? Well, I don't think she want to see nobody. We got a company dinner on uh, hand. Yes, yes, but I'm the company. Uh, may I come in? Who is it, Camille? Hello, Hilda. Paul? Yes. <laughs> Paul Ferguson, are you? You're not Alan's client, Mr. Ferguson. Yes, why not? Let me look at you. Oh, you look lovely. No, lovelier. 
You're very happy, aren't you? Oh, yes, we're very happy. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Paul, um, Paul, tell me something. Do you honestly want Alan to do your house? Because if it's to help him because of me, Alan and I couldn't accept that. Don't be silly. I like his work enormously. He has taste and originality, and his plans are practical. Oh, he is a grand architect. Well, then? Then it's all right. Paul, why don't you come to our wedding? Uh, I, uh, I was away. I couldn't get back in time. In here, darling. Paul's here. Oh, who? Oh, hello, Mr. Ferguson. Hello. Alan, you idiot. Why didn't you tell me it was Paul Ferguson? I've known him forever. Oh, my dear child, a struggling architect doesn't call his clients by their first names. He was Mr. Ferguson to me. In fact, he was Mr. Ferguson, God bless him, to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Miss Baker? Yes, Penny? Miss Baker, I'm afraid you're all going to have to do without them place plates. Oh, Penny, well... Well, I told you if it was waiting you wanted, you should have had my cousin Octavia. <laughs> now, nurse. Yes, Mr. Baker, you may see her now. Hilda. Hilda. Hilda's a girl. Did you want a boy, Alan? You'd never tell me which. Oh, no, I... I wanted a girl, so there'd be two of you. Was it very bad? No. Have you seen her, Alan? You bet I have. Is she all right? Alan, I don't lie to you. Is she perfect? Perfectly beautiful. Wait till you see for yourself. You want to see for yourself? Could I? Yes. The nurse is bringing her. Here she is. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll take a nurse. Keep your hand under her head. Sure. Nurse? Yes, Mrs. Baker? Could we have her by ourselves? Just for a minute. Of course. I'll wait outside. Oh, Ellen. She is beautiful. Gee, I had no idea they were born with fingernails. <laughs> Ellen? Well, I mean, not like that. Is it? Is it okay to touch her? Yes. Well, you feel that skin, though. Say, is she doing that? Of course. Well, isn't that pretty advanced? I mean, most kids don't cry right off like that, do they? Oh, darling. I'm sorry to flutter like this. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, what do you think I'm doing? No. Admit you take three sugars. I don't. Two in and one on the side. But you always put the side one in. <laughs> you mind your own business. <laughs> I gotta go, sweet. I'll just look in and see Carol. Is that tooth still bothering her? It's through. No kidding. Go look at it. Oh, but don't put your finger in her mouth. She'll snap at you. <laughs> Kiss. Thank you. Now, don't forget the new dress. Oh, not a chance. What color? Any color. Uh, so long as it's red. <laughs> Bye, darling. Goodbye, you darling. Camille. Yes, Miss Baker. Camille, I want to plan a nice dinner tonight because uh, tomorrow night Mr. Baker's taking me out. <laughs> it sure is a treat to watch Mr. Baker eat. I likes a hearty man. My husband was the picky kind. <laughs> well, I'll make out a list to call you, Camille. Yes, yeah, sir. Soup, soup. Beautiful soup, so rich and green. Da, da. Did you call me, Miss Baker? Oh, no, Camille, that was singing. <laughs> you suddenly feel good this morning. Camille, I feel so good that if I felt any better, I'd bust. Carol has a tooth, Mr. Baker has a new house to do, tomorrow's our second wedding anniversary, and I'm going downtown to buy a new dress. Oh, Camille, make one of your lemon pies tonight, will you? <laughs> yes, sir. I'll get it, Camille. Soup, soup, beautiful soup, so rich and Hello? Yes? Yes, this is Mrs. Baker. I'm sorry, you have to speak very slowly. Oh, but you see, it can't be. You see, he just left. So it can't be. Oh. Oh, I'll be right there. Ah! Miss Baker! Oh, he just left! Camille, you know, he only just left. They said he was crossing to the subway. But he was here only a minute ago. Camille, that man said my husband is dead! 
You have just heard Act One of Can We Forget with Betty Davis, Robert Montgomery, Bethel Rathbun, and Louise Beavers. Now, before we raise the curtain on Act Two, we'll hear a few words from Johnny Conti. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I wish that I could personally introduce to each one of you the good golf dealer in your neighborhood who helps make this program possible. But since I can't, why, I hope you'll take the opportunity of meeting him yourself the next time you're near his service station. You'll find that your golf dealer is a mighty good neighbor. An independent merchant who conducts his business to give you and your car the best in service as well as the best in automotive products. So next time your car needs gasoline or motor oil, visit your good golf dealer. Your motoring needs will receive prompt, courteous attention at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Now the curtain is about to rise on the second act of our play, Can We Forget? Hilda Baker has been left alone with her baby daughter, Carol, after the sudden death of her husband, Alan. Hilda's old friend, Paul Ferguson, and Camille LeMay are the only ones left to help her forget the tragedy. Lights. Music. Curtain. Mr. Ferguson is here to see you. Tell him to go away. Hilda. That's all right, Camille. Yes, sir. Paul, please go away. You've been sending me away for six months. Paul, you've been so wonderful. I just want to be alone, please. Hilda, believe me. I know how you loved Alan. I love him now. Just because he's dead, it doesn't change me. Why can't I be dead, too? Don't say that. It's true. But you have Carol to think of. I've tried, Paul. How can I think when I keep hearing it over and over? I wake in the night hearing it. Hearing what, Hilda? That voice on the phone. That man telling me, Mrs. Baker, prepare yourself for a shock. Prepare myself. Stop, Hilda. Yes, I know. If Carol's sake, I must stop remembering. But, Paul, I hear it. I hear it over and over and over and over. Hilda! Now you have to dry your eyes and... Come out for a drive with me. Oh, Paul. I can't. You must. Do you understand? You going to have dinner with Mr. Ferguson again? How did you guess, Camille? He's been doing that pretty regular for three near years now, ever since Miss... Yes, Camille. One of these days, I expect he's going to ask you to marry him. Yes. Yes, I suppose he will. You suppose he will? Well, excuse me for speaking right out, Miss Baker, but you ought to hope he will. Yes, I guess you're right. I ought to hope he will. I do, Camille. There he is. Let him in, will you? Yes, um, When he say he'll be here at 7 o'clock, he means two minutes after. Hello, Camille. Hello, Paul. Oh, I like that blue dress. I only hope these will match. Flowers again? Oh, Paul, you should. Oh, why not? They grow only for people like you. That's a very pretty speech, Mr. Ferguson. My, ah, White orchids. Hi, Paul, I haven't had white orchids since... Uh, not since my debut. I'm glad you like them, dear. Where's Carol? In bed. Of course, she wanted to stay up and see you. Ah, <laughs> good for Carol. Come on, dear. This is an important occasion tonight. Mario has a very special, special dinner waiting for us. Wish me luck, Camille. I sure does. I sure does, Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> they say that the honeymoon's over and married life begins with your first breakfast in your own house. In such a beautiful house. Alan enjoyed so much planning it for you. Toast, Mrs. Ferguson? Yes, thank you. Just
Just wait till you see that terrace in the spring. There are bulbs scattered all through the grass. I know. I remember Alan saying they'd bloom next year. With those long windows open, it'd be like eating our breakfast out of doors. Yes. Alan planned that too. I don't hear anything. No. I guess it was my imagination. Or someone passing on the road. That hedge makes us very private. Alan always said that the planting was part of the house. Hilda. What? What did you say, Paul? What? I... I didn't say anything, dear. Oh, I, I thought... That white birch by the library bay was on the plan the first time he showed it to me. Because you like white birches. Yes, because I... Darling. Darling, what's the matter? Don't you remember me? I'm Paul, the man who hates sugar in his coffee. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Whatever am I thinking of? You were thinking of me. Two lumps in and one on the side. But you put the side one in. Hilda, Hilda, what is it? Aren't you feeling well? Yes, yes, I'm all right, Paul. Remember that last breakfast? We had such fun being in love. Yes, such fun. Darling, darling, there is something wrong. No, I... Uh... Good morning, Mother. Oh, good morning, darling. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Missy. Oh, well, you're a funny girl. She just cut her first tooth. We were so proud of her, remember? Hilda. Remember Hilda in the hospital? Her first cry. And I said... Alan. I mean... I mean, Paul, excuse me. Hilda. Hilda. Hilda, where are you going? Hilda. Is he taking my place? With Carol? With you? No. No, Alan. Nobody could take your place. She's part of us. She grew from our love. Hilda! Hilda, what is it? What's troubling you? Please. Please, just leave me alone, Paul. No. If there's anything wrong, I want to know what it is. Perhaps we shouldn't have come to this house. Perhaps it's tied up with the past. Things that you must forget. Can you forget, darling? Our years. We'll go Always. away. No, I can't. We'll go away for a while, Hilda. And, and when we come back, I'll get you a new house. I feel at home here. No, no. We'll have a new house for a new life. Suppose, um... Well, suppose in the meantime we run down to Bermuda. Riding in a funny carriage, swimming in the moonlight. No. No, Paul, not Bermuda. Let's, uh, let's go to Sun Valley. You see, uh, see, I've never been there. Well, whatever you like, dearest. Of course, we'll have to be back by Christmas. Oh, yes. Yes, by Christmas. I wouldn't miss the holidays with our little girl. Our little girl, Helen. Yes. Our little girl. Our little girl. Oh, but your real father. 
how you would have loved to please open Pa's present, Mother. Oh, there it is. Don't get too close to the fire, Carol. But it's just what I asked for in my letter. Look, Mother. You see, Ellen, she doesn't remember. No, she doesn't remember. Then it's all right for me to leave her, is it? She's happy here with Paul. Hilda, the tree, the fire. Carol, Hilda. feeling better? Oh, where is she? Is she badly burned? She'll be all right. Oh, let me go to her. It's my fault. I let the fire and the tree fell. Lie, lie still, lie still. The doctor dressed her leg. She didn't even cry. Just lie back, darling. I'll get you some water. Hilda? Yes, Alan? You called him, you know. You were talking to me. But in that danger, you called Paul. he's alive. You've kept me here. But I don't belong. I'm in the past. No. Yes, Hilda. I haven't been here except in your mind. You must forget, as Carol has forgotten. I can't. You must. Hilda, let's say all our words very quickly and for the last time. For the last time? Remember that first night when I cut in? May I cut in, please? I don't remember meeting you. You're not as pretty as your pictures, but you're livelier. It makes you shine, kind of. What's that, a radio? Certainly a radio. But no brakes? I drag one foot on the hills. Oh, Hilda, you're a swell girl. Will you marry me, Hilda? Even when we're both old, my heart will still jump when I see you. Oh, Alan, she is beautiful. Gee, I had no idea they were born with fingernails. Kiss? Thank you. Now, don't forget the new dress. Not a chance. What color? Any color, so long as it's red. Goodbye, darling. Hilda. I said goodbye, darling. I can't say it. Say it, Hilda. Quickly. Say it. Say it. Goodbye, darling. Say it. Goodbye, darling. Alan. Goodbye, you darling. I want to say that I shall never forget the performance just given by Betty Davis, Bob Montgomery, Basil Rathbun, and Louise Beavers. A special bow to the writer, Mary McCall, Jr., and the director, Frank Capra. It has indeed been a privilege to be associated with them on this, the Screen Guild's own program. Ladies and gentlemen, we feel it worthy of note that the money paid by the Gulf Oil Companies to the stars and feature players on this program is turned over to a special fund to build a home for the care of aged and indigent people from all branches of the motion picture industry. The famous stars who are our guests tonight donated their services. Every single dollar they would ordinarily receive for themselves is being turned over to this fund. The Gulf Oil Companies, your neighborhood good Gulf dealers, and all of us here in the studio are proud to take part in such a worthwhile project. We sincerely hope you enjoy this new kind of radio entertainment made possible by the motion picture industry, the Gulf Oil Company. This is George Murphy saying thank you and good night. Next week, same time, same station, the good golf dealer in your neighborhood joins the golf companies in welcoming you to another Screen Guild show. A review with a lot of fun with Mary Boland, Marlena Dietrich, Frank Morgan, and Cliff Nazaro, written by Ken England and directed by W.S. Van Dyke. We are grateful to Warner Brothers for Betty Davis, soon to be seen in Dark Victory, to MGM for George Murphy, and for Robert Montgomery, who has just completed Fast and Loose. This is John Conti speaking. I'll follow my secret heart is from Conversation Peace. 
This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Jack Benny, followed by Richard Diamond, Private Detective. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.